It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com senior editor, Katie Atkinson. Hello, Katie. Hi, Keith. Happy Super Bowl week. Happy Super Bowl week. <laughs> um, uh, yes, it's, it's a, th- there's a sport ball game this weekend. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, uh, and uh, more importantly, there's a halftime show with Lady Gaga. Exactly. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, well, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl later on in the show. Um, how was your weekend, by the way? Oh, it was great. Uh, very relaxing. Not to make anybody outside of Los Angeles jealous, but went to the beach. Oh, <laughs> it was it was actually very nice weather this weekend. Yes, uh, sunny compared to the previous weekend when it was torrential downpours. Yes, yes. How was yours? I was good. Um, uh, went to Disneyland on the oh, spur of nice. the moment. Um, went and saw a drag show on Saturday night. Okay, with uh, oh, I saw your Instagram from that. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, some billboard folk. Like, Willem was there Amazing. and performed. And, oh, that's and... a high-profile drag show. That's not just your run-of-the-mill drag show. Oh, yeah. It was like Willem and a bunch. It was, it was like seven girls, six of which had been on Drag Race. Oh, amazing. And also went and picked out a couple new suits. Uh, oh, for the Grammys, perhaps? For the Grammy Awards, because I'll be on the red carpet. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks away, kids. <laughs> um, well... The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts and also me talking about suits. <laughs> um, in addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news, fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we have a guest interview with Steve Aoki and Louis Tomlinson. Whoa! Whoa! And also the return of the original... Gangsta of Pop Shop, Jason OG. Lipschitz. Pop Shop OG. Uh, Pop Shop OG, J-Dog. He is back <laughs> into house. He interviewed uh, Steve and Louie uh, in the New York office of Billboard recently. And uh, so, you know, stick around for Louie. Hold on. Hold for on. more from that interview. Just hold on <laughs> for Steve, Louie, and Jason <laughs> later on in the show. Uh, plus, we've got Chart Chat. Lots of action in the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, while the number one is still the same, there's lots of stuff moving around in the top 10, including some of uh, our friends of the podcast. Uh, and uh, we have a big debut on the Billboard 200 from John Mayer. So we've got all that to talk about. Don't forget the Super Bowl. I was about to get to it. <laughs> Good God. Man, I'm really bringing up the Super Bowl. I'm really hyping the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. <laughs> um, plus, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl 
right, Katie? Yes, we will be talking about the Super Bowl. Super we Bowl. better be. Super Bowl is this coming weekend. Lady Gaga is playing the Super Bowl. And I guess there's some there's a football that's also happening. Don't forget Luke Bryan and the Skylar sisters opening up the show. Skylar <laughs> sisters work. Um, uh, yeah, so Lady Gaga is doing halftime. Uh, plus, there's a concert from Taylor Swift happening the night before. That I may or may not be attending. She will be. <laughs> so we'll be talking about all of that and more. So before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcast. So uh, chart chat, uh, chart chat. On the Billboard 200, John Mayer debuts at number two with The Search for Everything Wave 1. Yes. It's an EP. First wave. The first wave. There's going to be a series of waves. And then culminating in kind of all these EPs equaling an album. Yes. He's doing something different with this. Uh, Each month, I think it's every month, he's going to release four songs in EP form. And these, each of these four songs are going to be from his forthcoming full-length album called The Search for Everything. And they have not announced the release date of the full length, I don't believe. No. Um, nor, But he did say, like, every month. So it makes you think, well, if there's going to be four songs, uh, are you going to release, like, the first, like, tw- like eight on well, each Well, and he EPs? kind of Beyonce'd the EP, too. Yes. Like, that was not on anyone's radar. People knew he had new music. He had uh, Love on the Weekend come out last year, the single. But uh, I am a John Mayer fan, and all of a sudden there was just an EP. Like, it was awesome. I I know. I was confused, too. And, you know, you think I wouldn't be considering the industry that I work in. Um, But I didn't. I didn't. The EP was sort of a Beyonce EP. And um, but good for him because he's trying something new. And, you know, uh, it's it's a way to as I think he, he framed it like, look, here's here's four songs if you like them then you may like the rest of the album later. Yeah. And the the scheme is that you if you bought this, and it's a digital album only, if you buy it on iTunes, you'll be able to use those purchases as a complete your album towards the full length. Oh, that's amazing. Which, yeah. um, actually, I interviewed it's a little, him. It's a little um, tricksy. <laughs> I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and I remember him talking specifically about his favorite part of the music industry being once you reach a certain level – you just record a song like in a day and put it on the internet like and it's just like immediately your fans get this new music mm-hmm. like whereas at the time I was interviewing him about filling in for um remember when Craig Ferguson went off the air before James Corden started mm-hmm. they had a bunch of guest hosts that filled in for the late late show mm-hmm. he was one of those guest hosts and he talked oh. about whether he would ever do TV and he's like I kind of like this music thing I got going on cuz <laughs> you can just do stuff and put it out there and right. have a lot of control TV, not so much. John Mayer will soon have his own YouTube show. Yeah, there you go. You can do whatever you want on YouTube. <laughs> um, so John Mayer debuts at number two. It's his eighth top ten album. And I assume that, you know, with the release of these EPs that are staggered over time, you know, we could have further top tens yeah. from this. And he isn't the first artist to really do this exactly. Uh, Jason Mraz did it with a full-length album a while back where he had, like, two or three EPs that led up to a full-length album. But he did it in a little bit different of a way where i think the full-length album had 
more tracks on it or maybe some deluxe stuff. So it, it's, it, it remains to be seen exactly how this will be executed the with John fir- Mayer. The first thing I thought of was when Robin did her body talk. Oh, EPs yeah. Few, that was like five or six years ago now. Yeah. But um, I, I she did end up putting them all onto one album at the end. And it was just called Body but Talk. But I don't think that there was any sort of like, you know, turn in your codes for the previous three EPs and you get the full, you know, length yeah. or anything like that. There was nothing like that at the time. Yeah. I, Things know. have gotten a little bit more flexible now, I think though. It's wild, wild west. Indeed. Um, over on, Oh wait, before we move on, um, some sort of important charty notes. Um, many of our genre album charts this week have transitioned to consumption ranking. Billboard chart news. This is, well, <laughs> I mean, this is already, if you're paying attention to billboard.com, you've already known this. Um, so a lot of our genre album charts, including top R&B hip-hop albums, top country albums, top Latin albums, and uh, many more, have transitioned to the consumption model, the multi-metric ranking that we use for the Billboard 200 and have since December of 2014. Yes. So it's taking traditional album sales plus track-equivalent albums, which is 10 tracks from an album equals one album unit, or 1,500 streams of songs from an album equal one album unit. So one album sale is one album unit, 10 tracks is a unit, 1,500 streams is a unit. Add up all those units together and you get the Billboard 200 ranking, as well as now of all, uh, most of our album genre charts, at least the big ones. Yeah. Like some of the smaller ones, like you know New Age and World Music, not yet. Um, but a lot of the major ones transition this week. So if you're looking at our charts and you see a lot of weird movement and lots of debuts and what the hell is going on, that's what's happening. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how it shakes out. And that means a ca- week later, catalog albums are allowed to come back to these charts. Ooh! So when you look at the R&B albums, the R&B hip hop albums chart this week, it is just more than half the chart are reentries and debuts. A lot of old things show up. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, also. Um, Preview of next week's Billboard 200, Migos should debut at number one, according to industry forecasters. Uh, their new album, Culture, should debut atop the chart with maybe like 110,000 units, somewhere in that range. Um, certainly a lot of that is helped by the success of their single, Bad and Bougie. Bad and Bougie. Did, which, I might have missed this, but I don't know that we mentioned, and maybe people already will know this as well. That the weekend's Starboy was number one. We jumped right into John Mayer, and I oh, don't yeah. know if we said that <laughs> the weekend was number one. We didn't. So but, just throwing that out there. Uh, on yes, yeah, so that means Migos will bump the weekend from yes. number one. Uh, the weekend ha- is still number one this week, um, and with Starboy, and it's the fifth non-consecutive week for number one at number one for the album. Uh, does that mean the weekend it's like done with? No, not necessarily. He could pop right back up. You might have thought he was done with last year, and then he popped right back <laughs> popped up. Popped right back. Funny how that works. Um, so yeah, next week Migos should be number one. Um, and yeah. Speaking of Migos. Bad and Bougie <laughs> on the Billboard Hot 100 is still number one uh, for a third non-consecutive week. But elsewhere in the top ten. There's a lot of fun debuts. Or not debuts, but uh, peaks. Uh, yeah, you, you, you could even tell, tell okay, us about the first well. one. Do you know what, do you know what that acronym stands yes, for? Yes, I do. Ooh. FOTP, friend of the podcast, um, <laughs> Camila Cabello, who she appeared on the show last, uh, winter actually. Yeah, like a year ago almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was promoting, it was right after the Sean Mendes, uh, I duet came out. And now she has this other duet with Machine Gun Kelly, Bad Things, and it is, uh, it's reached a new high on the Hot 100, rising six to four. Top five hit. Top like, five hit. Go, girl. 
That's I, impressive. And she performed it uh, at, on Ellen uh, with Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, was it today? It was technically her first solo performance since leaving Fifth Harmony, and it was on today's Ellen Mel- Monday's Ellen show, we should say. Oh, because the other times that she performed it on other TV shows or festivals or radio shows, it was when All she was of that still was during pre- Fifth Harmony. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, she's she's a she's a she's a coming out of this in sort of a very uh, hit-filled, strutting into 2017 way. I want nothing but the best for, for all of them. The four remaining members of Fifth Harmony and for Camila Cabello. And she sounded great on this Ellen performance, too. Good. Everyone should definitely check it out. Like, I think that she just seems to be really coming into her own. I hope that they all eventually get along again. I think they will. I hope so. I mean, look, if Jerry Hollowell and the other four Spice Girls can all eventually, like, you know, make amends and get it'll back be together. Wa- it'll be water under the bridge. It might be a second, but it'll be yeah, water it under might, the There might be a moment. Yeah. Um, another friend of the podcast, Alessia Cara, uh, collects her second top 10 single as Scars to Your Beautiful climbs 13 to 10 on the Hot 100. She previously reached the top 10 with her debut hit Here, which peaked at number five a year ago. It was actually, like, the first week in February in 2016 were here and that was like the first single from her album which had come out like three months before the single peaked so it's like she's still working singles from an album that came out well over a year ago november 2015 which and if you listen to our podcast interview with her uh i we asked her about uh, we asked her a lot about scars to you beautiful Mm -hmm. and we also i also asked just about you know how the album has continually gained fans and built momentum and how that really speaks to sort of you know her her fans and how people are still discovering her today totally you know so i think it's great for her and um is there anything um aside from the fact that i hear it on the radio a lot did a, a video come out for it or did something anything happen no it's just it's that just pumped it up or just it's growing it just is still growing it's just still growing. Yeah. It conti- well, it continues to grow at Top 40 Radio. I think yeah. it actually, I think it hit number one on our pop songs airplay I chart this week. I have anecdotal evidence for that in that every time I turn on the radio, that song is on. So it's, nice work, Alessia. It's it's just very popular. Yes. Um, so no, I don't think it was like a viral thing or a new video or something. Um, also in the top 10, and this will sort of help us pivot into our next topic. Indeed. Uh, Zane and Taylor Swift's I Don't Want to Live Forever. Which did have a new video, but that was just this past Friday, meaning they're going to get another bump from that next week. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, so their song uh, reaches a new peak on the Hot 100. It jumps 8 to 5, and as Katie just pointed out, the video dropped last Friday, which means because the Hot 100's streaming uh, 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 streaming, uh, tracking week runs from Friday to Thursday, that means the video that came out last Friday won't impact until next Monday's chart. So that means the song, especially if the video is hugely popular, which yeah, you know, also anecdotal evidence, but yeah. <laughs> I think was hugely popular for sure. We could see the song E uh, make another jump up the chart. It could have yet another peak, um, which was you know probably the plan all yes, along. Yes, absolutely. Um, speaking of Taylor Swift, uh, she will be in Houston, Houston, right? Yes, uh, this weekend. <laughs> For the Super Bowl uh, festivities, uh, right, Katie? That is correct. She has this new deal with AT&T, and, and I, when they announced it last year, they said that one of the uh, 
one of the aspects of the deal was that she was going to perform this Super Bowl concert, which, man, people have been begging for Taylor to do halftime, I feel like, for a while. So, like, to have her be, like, in the city, so yeah. adjacent to the to the Super Bowl. But she's performing at the concert the Saturday night before the Super Bowl in Houston. It's actually at a place called Club Nomadic, which is a club that they're building out of thin air oh. in an empty lot that they're having multiple parties at for Super Bowl. Oh. Yeah. That's where Bruno Mars is performing on Friday night as well for wow. a different party. AT&T is spending buku Well, cash. A, a mess of sponsors, I think, rolled in to oh, just be like, maybe the venue that they dreamed of and wanted wasn't theirs. So they're like, let's just make it. If you build it, It seems like come. tent-like or something. I, I'll report back next week about what this place is actually like. How how big is the, the – how many people are supposed to be going to this I have Taylor no show? idea, but what I can tell you is that um, just kind of searching around to see if – you know, you could still buy tickets to this thing or whatever. The cheapest ticket I saw on StubHub was $1,500. So I'm guessing it is a select few people there if they're trying to sell tickets for that much. Do we know if they ever sold tickets to the general public? Um, I think it's all been through fan promotions. like Radio station it, concerts, exactly. AT&T, They've been doing on... like who's the biggest fan kind of thing. And, right. So yeah. it's going to be a, a, a venue stacked with Taylor Swift Swifties. And... Friends of AT&T. Friends of AT&T. <laughs> for court, court dudes in suits. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, what are we expecting of the show? Are we expecting her to bust out? Like, is Zane going to show up and they're going to do I Don't Want to Live Forever? Man, I mean, that would really, you know, help me write my article. If that's what they do, that'd be incredible. But I honestly, I mean, you know, it's so different when it's like a party versus a concert. You know, you don't know if she's going to sing five songs or she's going to do like a whole set. Like, it, she's just the performer at a Super Bowl party. You know what I mean? Oh, that's how they're billing it. Yeah. And so, so it's not like, a full concert. Well, it Swift. could be. Like, I mean, I might come back and tell you she played 25 songs, but I also might come back and tell you she did seven. I have a feeling 25 might be shooting okay. for the stars. Maybe somewhere there. in between those two numbers. Um, you know, I, I really don't know. Like, I'm thinking I went and saw a, a like, a title, title, I can't say title, T-I-D-A-L, title, live stream concert from Coldplay last year. And I was also wondering, like, is this going to be five songs or is it going to be 20? It was 10 songs. So I could get 10 songs. Mm-hmm. That might be a good, like, sponsored show guess. 10 songs. But, so yeah. I remember, like, how many songs Gaga did when she did her Bud Light thing at South by Southwest. It's probably that same sort of idea where, yeah. like, you know, you pay. It depends on how much you're willing to pay. I'll, I'll play a longer show if you want to pay me more money. And so Taylor's last concert that she did was last year at that uh, race. It was like, like a, a racing event. It was like, yeah, some I don't even know what it, exactly what it was, but the the cool thing that came out of that performance was she performed um, "Better Man" by um, Little Big Town for the first time, which she wrote for them. Which hits number one on our Hot Country songs. Oh, this look week. at that! So I'm like, I love that song. I'm kind of hoping for a repeat performance of that. But Maybe we'll, Little Big Town shows up. But it also will be an opportunity for her, even if Zayn does not pop in, to perform the Fifty Shades Darker song for the first time. Maybe Calvin Harris shows up and she sings. You Let's know, not get crazy. <laughs> This is what you came for. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't show up and she still sings that. Didn't she sing it at the racetrack? Yeah, thing? I think she did that yeah. too, for sure. Yeah. Maybe she introduces a new song and maybe she drops like, by the way, my album's coming out in a week. Well, now that you said that out loud, yeah. I think I might have been wrong the first time. I think she did This Is What You Came For and not Better Man. So maybe Better Man is the debut that I'm going to get as I just lied to everybody. Yeah, that's exactly what happened because that racetrack concert happened before the whole Better Man Little Big Town Revelation came around. Super Bowl weekend, anything is possible. All sorts of people show up, surprise guests, you know, drop out of the sky. You know, anything. But we got to talk about Gaga too. Yes, 
Um, what, what are what are you like when you found out that Gaga was performing? What were your first thoughts? What are you thinking she's gonna do? Um, I want well, I, well, I think when she when, when was it first announced? Like oh, it was way back in October, like when her album promotion was happening. I mean, I was. I think my my initial reaction was I'm not sure if the Joanne material from her Joanne album is really going to work because it wasn't it just wasn't it didn't seem to be like connecting on a mass level. So I was thinking, well, she has a ton of hits. There's no shortage yes. of hits. I would love to see hits, 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 hits. Yes. And I don't want necessarily some like ballad moment because this is not really the place for, like, a, a, a ballad. Well, you think back to, like, Katy Perry doing maybe... Like, Firework is not exactly a ballad. No, but it's like, like an empowering, up-tempo-ish song. Uh, yeah. And it's also an enormous hit. Yeah, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Quick, name me a ballad from Lady Gaga. I mean, I'm just saying she's probably going to do A Million Reasons. Like, I think you should get ready for I that. I hope not. <laughs> I, I, Did you read Andrew's article about... Um, there, we had a great article from our one of our editors, Andrew last week that basically was like don't worry about how many joanne songs lady gaga is gonna play like it's gonna be beside the point it's gonna be like she's gonna do a medley or she's gonna do one song or whatever it'll be amazing it's gonna be about bad romance it's gonna be about uh you know born this way it's gonna be about the big stuff you know well i i I would love obviously like the big hits bad romance you know just dance and poker face and uh you know the whole the whole shebang yes um i also in light of recent uh, events in in the world. Yes. Um, I think, and I tweeted this, so it's not like you know this is a surprise. But I'm like, I would love her performance to be super queer and political. That's why I want, Born This Way has got to be there. Oh my god! Can it you has imagine? To. She does Born This Way, and like a bunch of like like dudes in heels and drag queens come out and like transgender backup singers. I this mean, is not someone who shies away from, you know, a message. Obviously last year she performed, was it the Oscars where she had um, sexual assault uh, survivors yes. come out and join her? Um, the, there was reports, early reports that she was discouraged from getting political on the Super Bowl halftime stage, which billboard actually debunked like that has not been conveyed to her. And given the events of the past week when things have gotten even more heated and uh you know there's even more to talk about i feel like it would be shocking if she didn't yeah. say a thing well we shall see what lady gaga does indeed um what do you think she'll do tweet us and let us know <laughs> um i still want her to sing telephone with beyonce oh my god yes i mean she's just at the super bowl right i mean it's in houston doesn't Isn't she Beyonce have like a parent who lives there still probably they've ne- by the way they've never performed telephone live together oh my god that would truly be epic super annoying um all right let's get to our guest interview with steve yes. aoki and louis tomlinson and the return of the og pop shopper the former co-host of the pop shop podcast jason lipschitz um co-founder the co-founder <laughs> i mean really he kind of founded it and then he invited the me. founder the founder sure we'll call it that um Hi, Jason. Um, Jason interviewed <laughs> Steve and Louie recently in our New York office about their hit collaboration, Just Hold On, which granted Tomlinson, of course, of One Direction fame, his first Hot 100 hit as a solo artist. They talked about how they, quote, have each other's backs. Uh, the songwriting process of how they wrote the song, I guess they wrote it to a, like a piano track to begin with, um, how Aoki is entering new territory with his production and sound, and how we may see the two of them doing a number of festival shows this summer, and maybe even a gig in Vegas. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. So here's uh, Jason <laughs> talking to Steve Aoki and Louis Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. 
This is Jason here with Louie and Steve. Thank you guys again for, for sitting down with Billboard. And Just Hold On, the new single. You guys just performed it on The Tonight Show. What, what was that like, just kind of seeing yourselves on Late Night TV, the debut U.S. Uh, TV performance? I, it, was, it was scary for me. I, I've been watching The Tonight Show since I was a kid, so... This is like my nerves were going crazy. Really? And yeah, I mean, but it's not like, you know, it's also different format structure than a DJ side. I mean, I was playing keys, we had a live band. This is a new, new way to present the song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like we rehearsed it for a few days. Um, so we were well practiced, but I'm still nervous. What is it? What is it like? I'm curious. Like, what is it like rehearsing together? Like, you guys, do you guys give each other notes, or is it like just like a totally natural kind of thing? What is that like working together like that? I think I think the whole thing has been super collaborative, and I think maybe more so than other you know collaborations. I think across the board, we we, we really do uh, we really do have each other's back. So I think you know there wouldn't be wouldn't be a, uh, like a point in rehearsals where each of us would go, you do this, you do that, but. Definitely, we, we're, 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 we're always vibing and we're always talking about, you know, how and where we want the performance to go. Right, yeah. So like, it just seems to work, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, Just Hold On, it, it's, it's such a powerful song and, and it's already connected with, with so many people um, and it's just really getting started. I'm curious as to just the lyrics, like how, you know, you guys have talked about how the song's sound was going to be a little bit different, a little bit more of a ballad, but in terms of how these words came together... Uh, I'm curious as, as to that process. Well, I mean, it's kind of, you know, we, we, we originally wrote to um, a piano track, and once we had the melody, we were discussing different concepts, but as we said before, we wanted to... It was really important for us that it was something that, was, that people were going to be able to relate to and maybe a sentiment that really felt strong. Um, so I think you know maybe we, we we toyed around with a few different concepts and then we finished up there and I think um, yeah hopefully we finished it best one yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah that's cool that's cool yeah no it, it's 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 such an interesting song obviously for for you in terms of the sound Louis but Steve you know just the evolution of your sound and and your production where do you feel like you kind of entered new territory with oh, something like 100%. this oh hundred percent I mean I'd say heavily inspired by Louis. Um, with that, with everything, you have to, you have to, you know, look at the picture forward instead of going in the past. So with this, with this song, I didn't want to take like the arrangements that I would normally go into a track with. I wanted to do something brand new, be inspired by the now, and be inspired by Louis's lyrics, and um, emphasize what what Louis's singing about. Um, and also, I want this record, just as much as Louis, to, to connect with as many people as possible. So it's not about how it affects the dance floor or how it affects our live shows. It's about how it touches people and it connects with people mm-hmm. anywhere. Now, it sounds like you guys have been longtime admirers of each other and, and of your music. What's something that surprised each of you about working together with the other? Uh, you know, once you get in there and, and you start collaborating and talking about this stuff like what's something you didn't expect Louis from Steve and, and Steve from Louis 
I mean, I've been using the same answer all day, but I... I <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, man. Um, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I always say Steve is, and you get a feel for it in the film, but Steve is such a workaholic and he works really, really, really hard. And for me... That's inspiring. I think sometimes I can work really hard and sometimes I'm really good at being lazy too. So being around Steve, it's, it's inspiring for sure. He's a hard worker, but he's so talented. He's a creative talent. It's just um, when I'm around Louis and he's doing his thing, I just, I get like that energy. And it's like, uh, yeah, I've, I thrive off that. So I'm lucky to be working with Louis and, and this song um, you know, has been really exciting. It's been a, an incredible experience, and it's opened a whole new lane. And um, yeah, so good dude right here. <laughs> good dude. What? Um, it sounds like you guys worked on some other music together. Or are people going to hear that, or is it more like kind of unfinished ideas? Well, I mean, they, they are they are unfinished ideas. That's not to say that we won't finish them at some point. I mean, our priority right now is this song, obviously. Um, but you know, it's got this has been so easy and so fun that I'm sure we'll work together in the future. You know, no doubt. All our time and attention is is going to just hold on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, prior to we have a bunch of different things that we're we're toying with, putting together, and uh, who knows, we might come back to it or we might just start start some new projects. Mm. You know, you never know. Louis, have have other producers already been like reaching out and been like, "Hey, like her just hold on, maybe you'd be great for this." Or has that happened at all? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I when I'm not doing promo, I'm kind of constantly in, in writing sessions anyway. True. Um, but no, I will say the caliber of writer picked up since you released this. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can press your shoulder cool. off a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's quite nice. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So, um, music video coming soon, mm-hmm. and just. You guys are uh, appearing at Ultra together, which is super exciting. Yes. Um, what's next after that? More festival appearances? Uh, what, what do you think, like, for the summer? Oh, yeah, we got we definitely got some festival appearances in the summer. I mean, cool. as long as it's a festival, I am in. Yeah. yeah. All day. We're, we're, awesome. we're, we're talking about doing, like, a Vegas, at least one of the Vegas shows together. We're, we're, there's a couple of things we want to do. We just, it's all a matter of, you know, scheduling mm-hmm. and, you know, we want to try to do as much as we can. Definitely. Can't wait, guys. Well, well, Louie and Steve, I, I really do appreciate your time, and uh, congrats on the song. It, it's awesome, and uh, can't wait to see you guys at Ultra and beyond uh, in you. terms of the festivals. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Cool. If it all goes wrong, darling, just hold on. Thanks again to uh, all three of the guys for yeah. uh, stopping by the pop shop. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for getting Louis Tomlinson on our show. Nice the One get. Direction fans are very happy. Um, all right, so let's move on to the chart stat of the week. 35 years ago this week on the Hot 100 dated January 30th, 1982, the Go-Go's We Got the Beat debuted on the Hot 100 chart. The song eventually peaked at number two on the chart in April of 1982, and it is their highest charting hit on the tally. Now, the song spent three weeks stuck at number two. It could never get to number one. And it was stuck behind what song, Katie? Didn't read ahead in the script this week. It's Quiz Katie moment. Quiz Katie was coming. I'll just give you a hint. It was uh, a song. Now, Go-Go's, by the way, are all-female rock band, and they remain today the only all-female rock band to have had a number one album on the Billboard 200 chart. 
Um, so, at number one mm-hmm. on the Hot 100, all three of those weeks where we got the beat was stuck at number two, there was a rockin' woman at number one. That hint... Doesn't help you. Well, no, it helps. I, I have some guesses. My first guess is Pat Benatar. No, but you're kind of in the ballpark there. Okay. Um, I'll give you another hint. Okay. She was actually at our Women in Music event in December. Not one of our honorees, but she was just there attending. I think uh, because perhaps someone from her team was being honored as one of our executives of the year. Debbie Harry? No, you are so close because you, she was sitting next th- to Debbie Harry. She was Harry. there, right? She was literally um, sitting next to Debbie Harry, I man. think, at the table. I didn't see Joan Jett there, but was Joan Jett was there? Joan Jett. Yes. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll, uh, blocked. We got the beat from number one. But, you know, it's all good. Uh, we Got the Beat was the second top 20 single from the Go-Go's Beauty and the Beat album. Um, and the album hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart in March of 1982, and it spent six weeks at number one. The Go-Go's were so popular in 1982, they finished the year as our top artist on our year-end charts. They were also friends of the podcast. Friends they the- were on the show last year. Indeed, uh, friends of the podcast, the Go-Go's. So there you have it. 35 years ago this week, the Go-Go's highest charting Billboard Hot 100 hit, We Got the Beat, debuted on the Hot 100 chart. All right. We, we are, got the beat. We, we got, got the beat. We got the beat. Yeah. We got it. <laughs> um, Any parting words, Katie? Man, I just. It's, you're, you, we, Houston bound. You're, you are flying to the Super Bowl weekend. You're not yeah, gonna, you're, sort of. You're not going to be there for the game, actually. <laughs> yeah, I might be the only person in Houston coming for a a non-Super Bowl trip. You're the only person in Houston that is there for the weekend and then actually leaving before the game exactly. starts. Exactly. But, you know, Taylor. Um, What song should we go out on? Oh, man. Go, go out on. I said words there. <laughs> is there another song from um, uh, from the Go-Go's that we should do? You could do Our Lips Are Sealed. That was oh, the first hit from the album. I love that song. We'll go out on Our Lips Are Sealed by the Go-Go's, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.